Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode 202. My name is Jim Bavlis, Workplace Relations Legal Officer, and here today with me, Maddie White, Workplace Relations Consultant. Maddie, how are you going? Hey, Jim. Good to be here. Great. Now, Maddie, today we're talking about an interesting case. It's an unfair dismissal, Wally Moscow v Simplot Australia. Yeah, so Jim, this is a case that addresses how an insufficient investigation leading to a termination of employment can be a case for unfair dismissal. That's correct. What was the background? Well, listen, Mr. Moscow, the employee in this instance, an applicant, was a 62-year-old male and he commenced employment with Simplot back in 1997. So he's quite a long-term employee. And prior to his dismissal, he was working as a shift feeder at Simplot's potato processing plant in Tasmania. Uh, on the days he wasn't rostered to work at Simplot, he also worked part-time for a freight company, and he was mainly involved in the transportation of vegetables, grains, and dairy products. Um, as I guess you know, you may know, we all might know, Simplot is a private company in the business of production, manufacturing, and supply of packaged food products. And Mr. Moscow's employment was essentially regulated by his contract of employment, and including in that, included in that was a code of conduct, as well as an employee counselling and disciplinary process, sorry, policy as well. Um, during peak season, Mr. Moscow worked in a team of three, and at the time of his dismissal, they included a Mr. Mark Ryan and Mr. Don Lyon. Uh, Mr. Moscow's role as a shift feeder, you know, as before was to feed potatoes into the factory, either directly from the trucks or from, you know, the sheds, um, or also the conveyor system. And one of the tasks that he was required to, be, to perform was essentially the cleaning and draining of each bunker. And the main purpose, I guess, of the bunker drain, if we were to call it that, is to do a refresh of, you know, raw materials and just to make sure that there's nothing wrong, you know, with the product as well. The next thing that essentially does occur, I guess, Maddie, is a series of time timelines. On 21 October 2020, Mr. Moscow contacted the control room at around 8 a.m. and spoke with um, uh, Stephanie Temple, who was the control room operator, about a bunker drain on, on line one. After, call, uh, after calling the control room, Mr. Moscow took a break in the crew room between 8.30 um, a.m. in the morning to 9 a.m. And sometime thereafter, um, uh, you know, Mr. Bryant, in this instance, called in a bunker drain on line one. Mr. Moscow did not complete a bunker drain on the line one. It's important to note that. Um, also on the same day, uh, Ms. Linda Pilgrim, who was the team leader, spoke with, with Mr. Moscow and Mr. Bryan about why both men had called through a bunker drain at different times, really about the same drain, I guess. And uh, Ms. Pilgrim then spoke directly to uh, Mr. Spinks, who um, was part of the operations and HR group, raising her concerns uh, that Mr. Moscow and Mr. Bryan had not really completed the drains, uh, the bunker drains proper, properly. Um, uh, so essentially, I guess, um, you know, that, that was a bit of a background as to what really did occur. Ms. Pilgrim then sent Mr. Spinks an email summarising the information that she had been provided um, about the bunker drains not being, I guess, performed correctly. So what happened then? Yeah, listen, a few days later on the 30th of October, the HR Department of Simplot sent Mr. Moscow a letter about, the, about some allegations around performance and behaviour and essentially requested a meeting with Mr. Moscow and that was scheduled for, for the 6th of November. And really what they wanted to do is, I guess, discuss his responses to initially what were three allegations. Number one, 
At approximately 8 a.m. that he called through to the control room and reported that he had completed a bunker drain on line one, when in fact they alleged that he had not completed a bunker drain at all. Uh, number two, at approximately 9.30 a.m., that Mr. Bryan called through to the control room to report a bunker drain on line one. Again, what they were saying is that no bunker drain had been completed, but um, they were essentially were arguing that he was complicit in the falsification of the shift feeder log sheet in indicating that the bunker drain for line one had actually been completed. And number three, that during the shift, uh, his team leader, Linda Pilgrim, asked why uh, both um, employees had, had called through to the control room to report a bunker drain on line one, and that Mr. Um, Moscow explained that, um, you know, they did not know that uh, the bunker drain had already been reported. Um, and they're basically saying that this really was not a truthful answer. And it really just continues, I guess, from there. The next component really is that um, on that day, uh, a further meeting took place. And present at this meeting was Mr. Moscow, Mr. Jason Spinks, who um, was the process area manager, uh, Ms. Sandra Wilson from HR, and Mr. Wickham you know, from, from the union as well, uh, from the AMWU. Mr. Moscow was essentially given an opportunity to respond to the allegations that were set out in that letter of the 30th. Um, interesting enough, I guess what does occur is that a few days after this, on the 12th of November, uh, a further letter is sent and certain other allegations are actually, I guess, amalgamated or added into this. And essentially, allegations four and five now make their way into the into the process. Allegation four is on Tuesday, 20 October, that Mr. Moscow did not uh, complete a bunker drain on line one at any time during the shift. And allegation five is that he had actually falsified the shift feeder log sheet on this particular day, on the 20th, and indicated that essentially the bunker drain for line one had been completed when they were saying it hadn't. Um, on 21 October, um, Mr. Moscow was directed to attend to a further meeting to discuss these allegations. And during the course of this meeting, he was actually dismissed. On the same day, um, uh, Simplot, the employer, provided Mr. Moscow with a letter essentially titled the termination letter in which uh, they effectively you know reiterated that his employment had been terminated effective immediately um, on 24 November so again a few days more so the timelines I guess are quite important here uh, Simplot sent Mr Mosca a further letter um, and really set out I guess the full five allegations and what the findings were in respect of those allegations so they went a little bit of a step further uh, the matter then came before the Fair Work Commission as an unfair dismissal, uh, and really Mr Moscow was arguing that the termination was harsh, unjust and unreasonable. And um, what decision did the Fair Work Commission reach on the reasons for dismissal? Listen, I might not repeat all the allegations again, so I might just go list them as allegations one and, and indicate what the response is. So in relation to allegation one, what the Fair Work Commission stated was that the evidence supported a finding that uh, Mr. Moscow called the control room, notifying them that he was commencing a bunker drain, uh, the bunker drain, sorry, which is common practice in their view. Uh, there was no evidence that would have led anyone to a finding that Mr. Moscow called the control room, stating that he had completed a bunker drain. And really, calling in a bunker drain is usually done at the start of the process. The Federal Commission also indicated there is no evidence to suggest that Mr. Moscow had um, not intended to complete a bunker drain after calling it in, and he simply didn't need to because. He was led to believe that one had already been completed. Therefore, the Commission indicated that it stands to reason that there is no basis for a finding that Mr. Moscow was engaged in, in any conduct, um, in the conduct that essentially alleged um, that he had breached something there in allegation one. 
in relation in in, a, in response to allegation two, what the commission actually said is that the evidence was that you know Mr. Brian uh, completed the shift uh, shift feeder log sheet on, on the 21st of October, and at that time, Mr. Moscow held the belief that Mr. Brian had completed a bunker drain at the time he had recorded it on the shift feeder log sheet. Um, also, they they stated that even if Mr. Brian had falsified the particular log sheet, there was no evidence to, that would have led them to suggest or even find that Mr. Moscow was complicit in any way in falsifying that particular log sheet. In in uh, uh, in relation to allegation three, um, the Fair Work Commission also indicated that it was highly unlikely that Mr. Moscow would have launched into, I guess, an elaborate uh, an elaborate explanation that would involve confessing to doing a bunker drain, especially you know when presented with a question in the nature that it was presented. Um, the Fair Work Commission indicated that Mr. Moscow does not uh, did not at any point claim to have completed the bunker drain on 21 October. And his response really was consistent with him calling in that bunker drain when the evidence was there. The Fair Work Commission, I guess, further indicated that they really were satisfied that Mr. Moscow did not inform Ms. Pilgrim that he had completed this bunker drain and that he informed her that he, in fact, had called one in. Consequently, I guess, they, they were satisfied that Simpler had not really established that the alleged conduct had occurred. Uh, allegation four, you know, which was added in. Uh, what the Fair Work Commission indicated is that prior to you know, Mr. Moscow's dismissal, Simplot had a had really did have an opportunity to properly investigate the events of twenty, you know, around twenty October, uh, twenty one October. Other than their reliance on the CCTV footage, they were really unable to produce any uh, in any reasonable format anything that could be viewed by you know the Fair Work Commission that Mr. Moscow um, had done anything wrong. Essentially, you know, Simplot just really didn't advance any further material. And, um, you know, the onus was on them in proving that misconduct um, had to have occurred. And in this case, though, the Fair Work Commission was really um, satisfied that the allegation could not be substantiated. In And finally, in relation to allegation five, and this is really that, I guess that really trick one that the um, Mr. Moscow had falsified the, the, you know, the log sheet, the Fair Work Commission, um, you know, did consider what that simply had indicated that, they submitted that you know Mr. Moscow did not perform a bunker drain on the particular day, 20 October. Um, really, what the Fair Work Commission indicated is that there really was no evidentiary base upon which Simplot could rely that could lead one to conclude that Mr. Moscow had falsified the particular log sheet on that day. And the Fair Work Commission really, at the end of the day, was satisfied that the allegations, you know, those extra allegations around being untruthful, which is four and five, had not been substantiated. They're also somewhat a little bit critical about some of the information that had been collected as well. So I guess at the end, um, the Fair Work Commission um, just really took some issues into in relation to how some of that information was collated. And what was the finding? Uh, the finding essentially was that um, whilst the Fair Work Commission indicated that whilst Simplot is entitled to take disciplinary action against an employee, uh, it, it really is, however, incumbent on them to properly substantiate, investigate their findings before dismissing an employee. Um, and um, really what they were indicating is that there really was no evidence to support the finding that Mr. Moscow lied about performing a bunker drain or that he had completely falsified the shift feeder log sheet at, at any point in time. So essentially, I guess at the end of it, he was reinstated back into work. And Jim, you undertake many workplace investigations. What what went wrong in this instance? I guess maybe a few things did go wrong. I guess firstly and primarily, Simplot, I guess, maybe jumped the gun, so to speak. 
workplace investigations are necessary and yes whilst they can be you know costly and time consuming they do act as a buffer to independently assess the contested facts what happened i guess in this particular instance is that the outcome may have been decided before the issues were really assessed it was also concerning that some of the witnesses or at least their statements were misinterpreted or really assessed disproportionately and secondly uh, you know Mr. Bryan, in this particular instance, I guess through the issues around the log sheets, proved to be somewhat of an unreliable witness and a poor historian, and far too much weight was placed on evidence that the Fair Work Commission found to be ultimately untruthful. And I guess, you know, due diligence was really missing in this instance. Can it be said that this decision left unanswered questions? Listen, I would say not. It's probably a fair summary that the correct legal interpretation was applied and did apply. Also, when facts are going to be contested, an independent, independent evaluation is essential. And what can our members take from this decision? Really, it does give, I guess, due credence that investigations must be carefully planned and assessed neutrally. Any final thoughts? Listen, I'll just probably say that I think our members need to be quite vigilant and specific in workplace investigations, as well as in the process that leads to termination. Great. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Manny.